You're listening to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. I got all the answers to your questions. I'll be the teacher, you could be the lesson. I'll be the preacher, you be the confession. I'll be the quick relief to while you're stressing. Hello, everyone. My name is Nolan Schoenbelt, and thank you for tuning into the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. Uh, alongside my co-host, Jake Peach. Hey, Nolan. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. We just cracked Life some, is good, right? We cracked some water and... Life is good. You know, Same everyone good. has all these, all these negative mindsets or negative feelings or negative this, negative that. Um, tell me one personal best and professional best in the past week about you, Nolan. I got a big meeting coming up, and that's a professional bust. It takes a while. Big to meeting. To... Talk to me. Talk to us. I big can't, meeting. I can't. It's confidential. But let's just say work-wise, yeah. big meeting yeah. coming up, yeah. so I need that. Yeah. Uh, what do you say? Personal? Yep. One personal, one one professional. Personal, I've been working out a little bit more and getting some more physical fitness in, and I need that mm-hmm. because I've been very lazy lately. Bonus question. One thing that you bring to the table that a lot of people or a lot of others don't. Just being goofy. Nobody yeah. nobody likes to be goofy. I like that answer, man. When they're older. You know, I'm like dancing when sure. I was working today. For sure, man. I agree. Nobody I agree. does nobody does that. And I, I like that. So that's that's my own. I agree with all three of those answers you, you said. You gotta answer those back. Yeah, now. for sure. Um, professional best. Um, I mean we can look at tough times of our business not able to go in and work and very fortunate to work under some great leaders that were able to think on our toes and we're able to roll out a new service of virtual training that I'm very pumped to be a part of and leading the movement of evidence-based strength training. Speaking of that quick, um, you, yeah. that's going to be huge Like in case you ever need that. Oh, well, I say if we make it through these tough times, yeah. which I'm 100%, 99% certain that we'll make it, like our business is going to be better off because of the situation that we're in. Right, right. Um, so okay. professional best, like just making the best out of hard times mm-hmm. with work. Um, personal best. Um, I haven't been able to do a ton, I guess the past couple days just because of the work and figuring things out. Um, but I feel like the time that I have away from work, like I've been able to truly just get away and just kind of enjoy myself and kind of just be in myself. Like I went for about a 30 minute walk this morning and well, 20 of it was walking the other 10, I grabbed a bucket and I literally just sat in the driveway and just looked around, listened to the cars, listened to the wind, and really just tried to just center myself and be just okay with what's going on. Interesting. Um, one thing that I think that I bring to the table um, that maybe some other people don't or overthink, um, I think I've touched on this before, it's just my, my willingness to just roll up my sleeves and grind. Um, I think a lot of people are scared to put in the work or hesitant to put in the work or just told that they're supposed to work a nine to five and work 40 hours a week. Um, and I think work-life balance is there's no such thing. You have to be out of balance at times and sometimes completely in your normal life and completely in your work life. And I would say the past three days, I have been well out of balance in my work life. Um, so I think something I can bring to the table is just being okay of just rolling up my sleeves and grinding. Sweet. Um, I love that. Uh, kind of our intro here and, and kind of the topic that we're going to talk about here today uh, is situations that happen to us as individuals in the college setting. Uh, we're using that as an example here. 
uh, as just things that have happened to us in the past and we want to talk about them. So I'm going to throw some questions at Jake. He might throw a couple at me. And we're just kind of working through situations on what we would do if we were in this situation in college um, as a baseball player and, and how it would affect us. So first question to you, Jake. Uh, if you were in college and it's a Friday night and you see your teammate partying, uh, by, the, by the way, before I get started on all these things, these are real things that happen in college, okay? We're being very honest with you. Uh, parents that are listening, uh, this is just the reality of it. Uh, kids that are listening who haven't experienced these things, uh, you can definitely shelter yourself from these things, but uh, it's just part of, part of the culture of college sometimes, and it's just reality. So just a, just a forewarning before we go into some of these things. <clears throat> First question, Friday night, you're, you're partying, uh, or you're out at a party and you're seeing your teammates out, extremely drunk, making, making a wreck of things, that's not your property. Um, this isn't you. This is your teammates. You see that that happening. Would you address that situation uh, now, later, or with a coach? How would you go about that? I think there's multiple avenues to go down, and this was definitely a situation that, like, I felt 100% comfortable when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. Like, I can think of a few examples where it's just like. Someone's overboard. Someone thinks that they're funny. Someone thinks that we're all having a good time. But there's a fine line between obviously having fun and vandalism. Fine line between um, hurting someone. Um, I think in that situation, it's really easy to take a step back and put the institution, the university, your team, and say, I can think of many situations that other teams on campus did really dumb things. And it's like, why do I want to hang out with those guys now? Like, I'm not going to go, as bad as it may sound, like, it it makes me less likely to go out and support them at their games because of their situations or examples or how they hold themselves off the field. So in this situation, um, it's really more about the university and holding us up to a higher standard where it's like, as simple as, like, man, like, take a step back and would you do this if you're in the right mindset? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that... Obviously, easier said than done, and you want to be liked by a lot of people. And I think I have done a poor job in my early young life of trying to be liked too much rather than being respected. And I think there's a total difference between someone that you like and someone that you that they, that you respect. Looking back at any coach that I had, the ones that I disliked the most, I respected the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes to any great leader or manager that I have played for or work under. All the managers that I respected the most were always on me because they thought that I could be better. And hell, I didn't really like that person a ton <laughs> at the time, right. but I respected the absolute crap out of that person because he saw something in me that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great answer. So, uh, <clears throat> I guess, and then in that situation, would you address your teammate or at the in the moment, or would you do it at a different time, or would you address? I think everything has to be done in the immediate. Whether this is a poor conversation or a positive conversation, as sure. you're giving someone positive reinforcement, in the moment is going to mean so much more than a 24-hour follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> but same thing in this situation that you just presented. Like, hey, like you should confront this person in the moment, which is hard. But then since this person, it may not be in the best state of mind, you may have to do a follow-up. Yep. You may have to go to the coaching staff. I think 
if you are in a great culture, um, a great fit, the the players on the team lead the team. The coach is just there to make in-game decisions. But I, we can look back on our most successful year at Hamlin University, like our coaches didn't have to tell us a lot. Yeah. Like we held each other accountable. We set the example by ourselves. We knew how to pick each other up. And if you're in a good fit or you're in a good university that is a good culture fit or exceeds um, culturally, um, the teammates are the ones that are holding each other accountable, telling someone that, hey, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And sure, like I'm still going to like you as a person, but man, like you can't do that here. Yeah. Like I still love you, man, but that's not how we do it. So you either have to get better or you need to go somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think if you're, like you said, if you're in the right fit there, there's going to be other people that support that decision as well. It's not just going to be one person going against that. So that takes some time to figure out. Uh, Another question posing at you. um, Let's say you are at a restaurant um, and or in in a space where there's a lot of people and your teammates are explicit, saying things that are disrespectful towards other people. saying things that aren't necessarily in a setting where you would want to maybe put yourself uh, without even thinking about it. Other people, maybe maybe higher-ups are hearing these things. What would you say to a teammate right there in that moment? kind of goes the same, same concept, um, but a little bit different there. So I'm going to answer this question um, by saying that whatever university you go to or whatever high school you currently go to, just know that when you wear that stuff out as an apparel out in public, like you are representing that institution and that high school. Mm-hmm. So like I still wear um, Hamlin University stuff like with pride and I know I have to carry myself at a higher standard when I have that stuff on. And that's the same thing when your younger brother um, is wearing your university stuff. Like you have no control over him, but if you see him posting something on social media and they're out and about at the mall or at a, a, a luncheon or whatever that is wearing whatever university like something needs to be done right away because not only does that look bad on you but that looks bad on everyone else that attends that university and the athletic director the coaching staff administration mm-hmm. um, and especially with the world of social media these things can be spread in a split second good and bad but the, like, the bad things just seem to be magnified in today's realm because you can press one button and it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really answering your question directly, but just the idea of um, remembering what you're wearing, where you're going, and how you hold yourself because people are going to be able to see that emblem on your chest, shoulder, back, hat, yeah. whatever that is. Now that's a really good answer. I, I, I really like that, and it kind of does play in exactly what you needed to talk about um, in a situation like that, uh, I only use that example because uh, our coach gave us an example of one time he was in our, our lunch center listening to somebody on a track and field team uh, talk badly about somebody else being vulgar while he had a recruit. Uh, without even hesitating, he turned around and said, shut up and you know, got him to understand the situation. While that recruit was there, if his parents have a certain... Uh, standard and this is a top top recruit let's say for example that could be the make or break that they hear something like that 
and that could change the whole course of how a coach is going about his recruiting or doing something like that. So presenting yourself when you go to more of a baseball setting here, but presenting yourself when you go to a university is a direct reflection of not only your university and what you're wearing, but you yourself too. Um, so how you hold yourself there. And it's the same thing when you travel to different mm-hmm. um, facilities, we'll just say, for instance. Yeah. like how you leave the dugout, how you leave the field, how you conduct yourself on and off the field is huge. Like, I can still remember in high school, like, after baseball games, cleaning the field. We were lucky enough at CHS where we didn't have to do a lot of Mm -hmm. on-field cleaning. But, hey, like, if someone leaves the dugout an absolute mess, like, I still hold, as bad as a grudge sounds, like, I still have something in the back of my mind that they disrespected our property, and, like, I still remember that eight years later from a high school. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that makes complete <laughs> and sense. And maybe that's my analytical thinking coming out again, but right. it's like I can, I still remember all those little detailed things. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question for you. If you were, let's say you're now the leader of the team and there's a policy on the team for no smoking or no substance of, of like, you know, marijuana or things like that on the team, that's, that's the standard that you, that you raise for the team. You notice a teammate is doing something like that, um, or let's say even uh, a steroids or a performance-enhancing drug. You notice a teammate's doing something like that. Uh, if you're a 19-year-old kid telling a senior, uh, one, are you able to do that, or, and how would you go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to being liked versus being, being, being respected. Yep. And I know when I was a 19-year-old leader, I did not have the vulnerability to do that. I'll be 100% honest. Like, I know what the perfect answer to your question would be, Nolan, and that would be the same answer I told you as someone was being destructive to school property. Mm-hmm. Like, as a 19-year-old telling a senior that, like, I was vulnerable enough to do that. Um, but when it comes to um, substances and stuff like that, where it's like, I don't know, there's it's just like a different conversation, a different demeanor. Um, and I know that when I was a 19 year old, I mean, now when I'm a 25 year old, like I could give you a a totally different response to this, to Mm -hmm. this question. Um, but when I was a 19 year old trying to lead a group of older men than me, older kids than me, um, I didn't have the courage, the vulnerability to take off my armor and say what was right. I was just trying to be liked by everyone at that time. And um, as a, probably even as like a senior, like I would have had the vulnerability or courage to say something, Mm -hmm. but as a 19 year old on a captainship side of things, like I just didn't have the vulnerability to do that, to be Mm -hmm. hundred percent honest to answer your question. Yeah. And, and, and this is a very difficult situation to be in. And for me anyway, if I were to go about this one, I would, I would almost pose it as, is this really a problem and an issue? that we have with our team or is this an, is this something that we need to change in, in our culture in our in our aspect I will never tell somebody they can or can't do something I will only give them expectations on what I think if I was a leader and what we do and they can go about how they want to perceive my message however they want I'm never going to be so forceful that it's like ride or die this is the only thing that we do because that just leads to almost, I always call it like the uh, daughter dating the bad guy that dad didn't want kind of 
like theory or like concept. You're going to give your... Yeah, it's like pushing people away by doing that. You're going to try to gain or tell people what happened through your experience. Yeah. But still let them understand that it's their life and their world. Right. And then understand that we need to have a conversation if it's a problem and it, and it continues to be an issue that's going to affect everybody on the team, then that, that becomes an issue where I need to address it. Um, but I was never somebody that wanted to make this such a high priority if I was a leader to bring this up to people because in my mind, I didn't see it as an issue or if, it's, if this was an issue, I didn't see it as something that was killing our team or diminishing it, uh, even if it was or wasn't, you know. So just an idea of, of situations that we've experienced. Um, people cheat, especially, you know, like let's use the Houston Astros, for example. There's always going to be people cheating or trying to get an edge, whether they think it's right or wrong and what's ethical. Uh, it happens at the Division Three level. It happens at the Division One level. It happens at the pro level. I mean, you'd be played against an institution that yeah. lost all their wins. It doesn't. It doesn't matter <laughs> in a Division Three setting. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're always going to be somebody that is going to try to get ahead of you. It's a matter of how you hold that ethically within yourself, and then if you can go about your day and understand that, like you're doing everything you can in your power to control those things um, in your own mind. Uh, you can't control what other people are doing. Uh, it, it does become where I'm, where I'm kind of going with this is it does become a problem if it affects you by them doing something. So I couldn't imagine being in the Houston Astros situation and not doing any of that stuff mm -hmm. and then being like part of that. You know, like I would have had to address that in my own mind to our teammates and saying like, man, is this okay or is this not? I'm sure there were guys in the team that had thought that way. So it is very interesting. That's kind of what I was trying to lead into. And the thing uh, with being a, a leader, captain, whatever term we want to use again, is that um, usually like you should be modeling the way, mm -hmm. we'll say, whether that's in a personal or professional or athletic setting. Like People are going to look up to you and follow how you conduct yourself, how you warm up, how you take in and out, how you take batting practice how you compete in the game. Like, you know, a lot of, like, there's some teams in the Mayak that are annoying mm -hmm. during games. Like, that's way back when the older guys, like, that's just what they did, and they modeled the way of how to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is the same thing where it's like, hey, if you don't believe in something, don't do it and try to model the way of what you think is right. Mm -hmm. Some people will follow. Some people won't follow. But model the way of how you want that institution, that company to be ran and the the ones that want to be successful, much like you, right. are going to follow in your footsteps at a young age. Yep. So if you are, if you have a group of twelve seniors that do ninety percent of things right, as in they go to class, they conduct themselves well, they work their butt off. Like the freshmen, be like, oh, this is how I do it. This is how I have to do it. And that's where like the culture is built. Is just modeling how you do it here. Every, every university is going to be different. Every company is going to be different, what their right is, what their culture is. But it's a trickle-down effect, and you can't say it's not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and it's, it's a great point. So I guess one final scenario or question for you here. Uh, if you were to see your teammates, let's say you have 6 a.m. workouts, mm -hmm. and you were to see your teammates show up late mm -hmm. consistently, mm -hmm. uh, how do you address that? I mean, it's one of a few ways. I mean, 
I think one, it just has to be a, a conversation. Hey, what's going on? Because like, they could be a, a multitude of things. Like mm-hmm. this, everyone has crazy things going on in their life. Like, hey, I'm having family issues. Hey, I'm having mental issues. Hey, I'm really stressed. Hey, I just can't get up in the morning. Like it has to be a, hey, like, hey, what's going on? Practice starts at 6 a.m. You're showing up at 6.03. Like, I'm still going to love you, man. But like, this is not how we do it here. Mm -hmm. So you either need to be on time or you need to take yourself elsewhere. Like you have to have some sort of open dialogue, but then tell them like, hey, like this just isn't okay. Mm -hmm. And like, I love you as a person. But that's just not how we do it. Um, So, I mean, in my opinion, step one is just having a conversation. How can I help you so that you can help us? Mm -hmm. Obviously, if it's a repetitive thing week after week after you've already tried to help this individual, after you've exhausted your resources, we'll say, um, then, hey, like, you have to have a little more than a slap on the wrist. Like, hey, sorry, but, like, I have to suspend you right now. Or, hey, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think this is a good fit for you. And I'm going to have a conversation with administration or whatever that is. Yep. And that's how, that's how I address the situation actually, because it did happen to me where I had a teammate showing up pretty consistently late. And my first instinct was react like he needs to be punished. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, like maybe something's going on. Like maybe something like exterior here is really happening. So I sat down the first time it happened. I said, you know what, man, like I understand it happens. I know that like, you know, I know, I know we all make mistakes, so I'm not going to punish you for it. But then it started happening again and again. So the second time it happened, I addressed it as, okay, well, is there a shift that we need to make? Okay. Yes. You're trans, you're uh, commuting to school in the morning. So I know how hard it can be to get up, but maybe you're just waking up a little bit late. So let's set the alarm clock 10 minutes earlier and understand that being here by 5:50 is your expectation. It's not six o'clock. And that was working for a while until it didn't and he got out of that routine. And so at that point, then it became an issue where it was happening more than once. And it just really, you know, I was a firm believer in second chances, but wasn't willing to make that shift uh, for whatever reason. And as a result, the player had like left the program because it led to other things happening, so on and so forth. And just reality, it wasn't a good fit for him. So naturally I saw that happen, but my first inclination was literally react. Like he needs to be punished for this. He was late. Like I've never missed one in four years. Why does he get to just miss one? Uh, but then being able to step back and, and talking to teammates, understanding that there might be something exterior going on was my first step in that situation. And that's one of the most important things that I've learned in a professional realm, um, of, Hey, a lot of things happen in life, Mm -hmm. good and bad. Um, internal, external, um, and I have always been so much like you where it's like I'm always early, I'm a high achiever, I'm someone that's like going to roll up my sleeves per se. Mm-hmm. And it's like as soon as someone doesn't do their job, as soon as someone makes a little mistake, it's like, well, well what the heck? Mm-hmm. Like what like punishment? Like what the, well, what the heck am I going to do with this person? <laughs> where it is taking yeah. a step back and be like, hey, what's going on, man? Mm-hmm. Like how can I help you be better? Like, do you just need, like, tomorrow off? Like, I can work for you. Mm-hmm. Or, like, hey, like, do you need tomorrow off from practice to get caught up with school? Like, hey, do you need a study buddy? Or do I need to help you see someone? Mm-hmm. Like, there is, like, that first reactive step. And I have regrets in the professional realm of just being too, 
um, assumption or assumptive, we'll say, or it's like, nope, like this person is late. That is a, a strike. Like you, you have to be better rather than like, oh no, like 494, 694 was completely shut down. There was a crash. Like I literally didn't move for a half hour. Mm-hmm. Like that you have to have a conversation, sit down with them. Be like, Hey, like you're a little bit late today. Like address the issue, but then be like, Hey, like what's going on? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Like, but you do have to address the issue as it happened and not yeah. 24 hours later, 48 hours later, 72 hours later. Yeah, good. It's it's all stuff that we learn and we have to figure out, but it's it's very difficult. They're not saying these things are easy, but you're going to be put in situations like this um, in your lifetime, whether it's uh, through work, whether it's through baseball, whatever it may be. Um, but these are situations that have happened to us, not necessarily everything. But this is just kind of what we kind of come up with on the spot here and thinking about ideas of things that happen to us in a baseball realm um, outside of the game and playing. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us here on the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. Uh, We take uh, your comments and questions very seriously. So if you have anything you'd like to reach out to us at nolan.nextgen at gmail.com. Um, we thank you for listening to our perspectives here and our situations and ideas. If anything that you have, uh, you know, persuades you or there's ideas that you think about, hopefully you can implement this into your life. Uh, but again, we thank you for taking some time out of your night to listen to this, um, and have a great rest of your night.